officially kicks off, bud. Nine more days. It's coming up fast, Jay. It is. Nueve. Mastias? That's Spanish for nine. I'm trying to work on the Spanish. I apologize if I butcher that. I know people uh, really kind of get honest for uh, mispronouncing things. but Listen, uh, the team's learning Spanish just like we are here. It was a good shot. Whether it's right or wrong, I cannot tell we're you. We're trying to do better, guys. We're trying to do better. But, yeah, so we've got one more open scrimmage this Saturday against the Tampa Bay Rowdies at 7 o'clock. There's a closed-door scrimmage versus FC Dallas before that. And then another week of practice, and they're throwing us to the Wolves with Carlos Vela and LAFC. That's fine. I don't think LAFC knows what's coming for them. They don't want that smoke. They don't want that smoke from down here in South Florida. And I want the clean sweep of, of just LA, this whole city. Give it to me in the first month. Let's just take them down in March. Just baby powder in hand and whack. That's, yeah, that's one way to do it. That's one way to do it. Well, that's one way to take it to a show, everybody. Welcome to the Inner Miami Podcast. I, myself, am Alex Papa George. Join, like always, with Mr. Jay Kington here. If you do not do so, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Write us an email. Check out, whoa, Jay's doing the robot right here. www.innermiamipodcast.com. Drop us an email. We had another fantastic week with listenership skyrocketing again. We're stoked about this season coming up here. We cannot be more excited. I tell you what, I don't even dread going to work or waking up. I'm like, yo, just let's knock another day off. We're getting so close till the 1st. March 1st, baby. Mark it down. History will be made officially with our inaugural season in the MLS. You can just smell it in the air. You can just smell it. I know I'm excited to go to the game. I know there are tons of people that would love to go to this game, but the struggle is getting real to acquire tickets. Tickets is a big problem. If you haven't already, we urge you, we urge you, we urge you to jump on this here. Season tickets have shown up in numbers, which is really impressive. It just as another demonstration to the team's backing, the team's fanship down here, and how excited we are to get this season going. But the team announced recently that season, or I'm sorry, game tickets for the first game are sold out. However, a little bit of a life hack here, Jay. <laughs> Go ahead and download Game Time Ticket Apps. It's a fantastic app. You can download on Android, download on iOS. They are selling game tickets right now for $93 is the cheapest ticket. Now, I know that's a pretty, pretty nice piece of coin, but, you know, history is only made once, Jay. It's true. And I guess, and they're only going to get more expensive as this, as you wait, right? So what we're looking at now is they've had, I think, two different times where they have opened up single game tickets the majority of everyone is going to have to find these tickets on the secondary market, the ticket black market, right? So the resale market. Uh, and if you don't get these now, what would you say $93 for a ticket? I promise you by tomorrow, they're going to be over the $100 mark. It's going to be harder to attend. It's going to be like that basically all season. Expect fairly high ticket prices for single game tickets, Especially for top tier teams, even mid tier teams, you might be able to sneak a lower price for like an FC Cincinnati or someone like that. But don't waste the time. If you want to go to the game, do yourself a favor, buy the ticket now, 
Because if you debate for a week or two and then buy it, it's going to go up even higher. It's like airline tickets, basically. Yeah, don't get cute with it. Just do it. Just, just do, do it. it. You know, it, 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 it's like the stock market. You wait for it to fall, but it just keeps climbing, climbing, climbing until you're sitting there, you know, Saturday morning wondering what the hell you're going to do on Saturday. And you look at the ticket price and it's now 140 Go ahead and buy the tickets. Show up game one. It's going to be lit. Indeed. Cannot, cannot argue with, with any of that. Maybe the, the use of the word lit is becoming a little frequent from you, but besides that, take his word, buy him now. Outside of that, I think the biggest news of the week, and this was really recently breaking, interestingly enough, is I believe the same news outlet that initially reported this was the same one that was the first one to really report on the Pizarro deal being finalized. But we've talked about this in the past. Uh, but Mr. Agustin Almendra looks like we've reached a deal. Inter Miami is going to be taking on this 20-year-old Argentinian who plays for Boca Juniors, right? We're going to take him on a loan with an option to buy. And this is according to a report from Argentina Sports Daily Ole. This has also been reported by MLS. This is very, very legit. Seems like terms have been agreed. I believe his transfer fee was around $10 million. And the only thing that everyone is waiting on is a team physical before that deal will actually be finalized. Notably, other teams that were interested in this guy that we beat out was Manchester United, West Ham, Roma, all well-known teams in world soccer. And we seem to have pulled this guy. Very big potential win here for the team the only question and concern that I would have, Jay, is do you think that he is going to fill our last DP spot? Uh, I do. I do. And he's he's 20. He's young, which is good. He's not yet even in his prime. They compare him to Raquel May. They call him the new Raquel May. This is, uh, he, again, he's very highly touted. That is, in Argentina, a very... Uh, respectable thing to be compared to, right? This guy isn't by any means going to be ripping 20 plus goals a season, right? If he breaks 10, that would be kind of a new high ground for him. What everyone needs to be paying attention when you, when you watch him play, when you, when you look at his highlights is like Raquel May, he makes the game beautiful. They call it the beautiful game for players like this, his creativity, his vision, his passing accuracy, he can get back, he can slide, win balls back, create some nice one-two, very quick action. The very interesting part of all of this to me is now we would have all three of our DPs in the midfield. So we've got our young DP Pellegrini, we've got Rodolfo Pizarro, who obviously we already all love because he's the only one on the score sheet that we know about right now. Then you add this in here. This is where it's going to get a little tricky because our midfield is pretty damn deep with veterans right now. I could see a trap in Uyoya playing a defensive mid position. I could see Pellegrini, Pizarro, and Almendra somewhere in that midfield. It kind of leads me, I, you know, there's other players like where's the Chapman going to fall into? Now where is Lee Wynn going to fall into? So, you know, we'll see what happens. I think there's a lot of potential here. We are obviously really need to reinforce our attack. It's um, it's beautiful that we have such a stacked back line and a beautiful midfield. I do believe that this midfield could create chances for uh, a striker who might not be top talent, but because of their creativity could get them some pretty decent 
looks and chances on goal to make him to elevate his play. Augustin was an interesting signee here. And I think it's a little bit more curious, Jay, for the not the fact of actually getting the mayor, because as you mentioned, he was very, very highly sought after. He, he, he's been about 31 appearances for Boca Juniors, two goals, young, young individual here. He's 19 years of age, born in 2000. So he's a little bit of a junior player. Um, now, the question that I have is with the signing, you know, bringing him onto the team, do you think that someone like Lee Wynn, who has been tied into a little bit of more or less conversation and linked to other possible movement players, but do you think that adding him in here is actually going to potentially open the possibility of trading one of our midfielders to maybe bringing back a number nine or a striker on our team? I think the possibility is def- definitely there. You were very close on your math, but it is 2020. So my man is 20 years old, just for the record. Uh, but yeah, so... That's the interesting thing we we're going to kind of jump into is Lee Wynn has now been linked to uh, a Vietnamese club. And keep in mind, Lee Wynn has dual citizenship in uh, the United States as well as Vietnam. He's played for in, for Vietnamese club teams as well. He has been linked to Ho Chi Minh City. Um, and it looks like his salary right now is about 440000 per year. It'd be a record for that Vietnamese league. I think there's probably some sort of desire to, to go back to, uh, you know, his quote unquote home or at least, you know, one of his homes uh, and kind of, you know, fulfill that, um, you know, that's part of his nationality. So maybe that makes more sense now, right? Because the competition just got, you know, a little bit thicker in the midfield. So I could see potentially freeing up, you know, loudly when to do that, freeing up an additional roster spot. Because right now it looks like we only have one, I believe, if all this math is correct. Um, and we do need to sign at least one, if not two more attackers, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, Gustin, again, to kind of add to his interesting kind of signing here, and when I say interesting, I mean very exciting, is that typically, you know, we've seen even on our team, you know, the opportunity to actually loan out our players as they come, but being able and actually filling this last DP spot here and, you know, that amount of money that's required to acquire someone like this, throws in an interesting kind of caveat when talking about this situation because you just spent so much money over there. Why would you go ahead and loan them out? So it's an interesting signing to to, to say the least here that I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong because my math's been a little janky here today, but uh, does that mean we have one more roster spot to fill here? We have one as of right now. If, if I don't even think it's a loan. They might just outright trade Lee Wynn to Ho Chi Minh City. It's a City, possibility. Which would free up two spots. I mean, and, and would clear... A little bit of, of you know money for us, but we still have quite a bit of allocation money, you know, both Tam and Gam. So how we use that will be interesting to see what kind of you know players and support we can bring into the attack. Me personally, I'm a little biased to to Brazil, but I would go down there. I'd go to a Santos, a, a Sao Paulo, a Flamengo, a Grêmio, a Cruzeiro. I would try and find an up and coming you know striker, someone that could gobble up ten plus goals in the MLS for us, because we really need to 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 figure out you know some sort of situation where we can have a true poacher up front. I know some of our listeners might get a little, you know, heated on that because I know a lot of people want to see people come from the Latin America countries that they're associated with. Again, I'm a little partial to Brazil, but we're going to need to get someone up front who can just rip. I think the Augustine signing, again, I hate to say it, but I think it opens up a lot of doors for us. I think with the Lee Win rumors here, I think that there, 
well, I don't think there are two ways of acquiring players, and that's via trade or that's via signing. So we've obviously gone down most of the path here in constructing our team as signings, but that doesn't leave the trade door closed. My honestly, my opinion and my project projection here is that we actually do go ahead and trade Lee Win. I think that we now have two more playmaking attacking midfielders on the team, such as your Pizarros and the Agusins on the world. Um, you know, Travel Pale and Pellegrini, which again we kind of need them a little bit more out wide right now, but that doesn't say that the way Mr. Diego Alonso's offense works here is that it kind of the field shifts in some dynamic ways. So he'll be able to play in the middle of the field as well as the wing. But I think that this is going to open us up for a trade here the next coming days. Um, that's personally my opinion here. Yeah. I mean, I hope the best for, for Lee Wynn and obviously our team. I it, it will There will be a little you know tear that drops from my eye because it was very nice watching Lee Wynn and Pizarro play off each other. It was beautiful in, there in, for in the open scrimmage. Uh, wish you nothing but the best. Whatever decision you know really uh, makes you the happiest, by all means, go go with it. Well, he's not off the team yet. He's not. He's not. But the rumors and this new you know this new acquisition of of, of Augustin. It's, um, it leaves room for interpretation. Yeah, definitely, definitely leaves room for interpretation, and we do know that we need to reinforce the attack. But uh, very happy to have him. Highly, highly touted. Again, not a major goal scorer, but he can create beautiful chances. Him, Pizarro, Pellegrini could be a thing of absolute stunning, mesmerizing beauty to watch in the midfield. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, with that. But um, outside of that, I think the the really big news and this is kind of ironic because we're going to get into our, our interview with Ben Sweat here in a little bit and what we were talking to him which was literally not very long ago you know a few hours ago maybe and um, he just mentioned that they just really received their numbers so now they've released really the majority of all the players numbers I think there are only a couple uh, that will left that were left off we know that the biggest one as you know per made its way on in the news and social media is Rodolfo Pizarro will be wearing our number 10, but just bear with me. I'm going to run through these real quick. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go to about, I'm going to go to 15. And I'm going to let you take the, 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 the remaining ones. All right. <laughs> just cause I'm, I'm going to need a breath after this, but wearing number one is going to be John McCarthy, our goalkeeper. We fully expect him to be the backup goalkeeper to Mr. Luis Robles. Number two is going to be Alvis Powell on the defense. Number three, Andres Reyes, also defense. Number four, Christian McCoon, defense slash midfield. Interesting mark right there. Uh, Nico Figal will be a defender, wearing number five. Now we're getting into the midfield here. We've got Will Trapp rocking number six. Our boy Lewis Morgan with number seven. Already mentioned Rodolfo in his 10. We've got Mateus Pellegrini with 11. Juan Agudelo, number 12. Victor Uyoya. I was waiting for it. We'll be rocking lucky number 13, Jay Chapman, number 14, and our boy, David Norman Jr. David. Rocking the 1-5 at 15. David, you're a guy, number one. Does that mean I have to take over at number 16? That's exactly what this means. All right, number 16, someone we've had on the podcast, Mr. Luis Argudo. Number 17, Someone who we've had on the podcast, Jerome Kiesewetter. Number 18, someone we want on the podcast, <laughs> Dylan Nealis. Number 19, Robbie Robinson. Number 20, AJ De La Garza. Number 21, 
Julian Carranza, number 22, our guy in this episode, he told us live, Ben Sweat. Number 24, our man, the ninja, Lee Wynn. Number 25, Grant Lillard. 27, our guy, Drake Collender. 29, Roman Torres. 31, someone else who we've had on the podcast, Mr. Luis Robles. And number 33, Mickey Ambrose. Indeed, indeed. I believe it's Mikey. I'm not, uh, we, we got to have him on the show and clarify that. We got to clarify we that. Do. I, I like disrespect Mickey. I, yeah, I, I don't I like Mickey. I, know. I think but it's I'm... because previously the soundboard that I fired off, I still might have that in my head. Is it Mikey Maybe. or Mickey? Mickey? I believe Mikey. it's Mikey. All right, Mikey. My bad, dude. <laughs> um, outside of that, another rumor that uh, is now true, I guess. It, it's it, All signs are pointing to it to be true is that the Qatar sponsorship deal for the jerseys is so close to being finalized. So this deal is almost official. It's not yet, but if it is, and it most likely will be, it's going to be worth $234 million with the NIM. Dolores. Did right? you just say $234 million? It's a whole lot of cheddar right there. That is a whole lot of coin. They will be the main sponsor for the kit. And they will also have a saying in naming the new stadium, a.k.a. Freedom Park, which... Who knows what that, that name will be once they uh, they get their hands on it. But I know that's um, very... It's a hot topic. It's a hot topic, a to, hot topic. to say the Don't least. Don't drive off the road. We some, get it. Yeah, some people are, are thrilled because they like that money. Some people are not thrilled because they have you know moral or ethnic reasons behind that. We're not going to get into that. What We're going to stay in part of where that is. It's it's 2020 in America. Which if you're not pissed off about something, are you our, really living? To an official partner, let's keep it live, Captain Morgan. The captain, man. The captain's back. And I like this quite a bit. So they partnered with a, a, a few MLS teams, <laughs> but now it's official. Uh, they have secured sponsorships with Inter-Miami, LAFC, Minnesota United, and Nashville SC ahead of this new season. Fun factoid right here. We're going to already have a Heineken bar. We know that. Now... There's also going to be a Captain Morgan presence at those teams' stadiums. And the brand is also going to be featuring events for any of those that are over 21 years old. Here's my favorite part of all this. That it's Captain Morgan? No, I'm a bourbon guy. We know that. I'm from Kentucky originally. But I respect rum. I'll have rum every now and then. But I'll tell you what I will be buying is the limited, limited edition Captain Morgan Inner Miami bottle that's going to feature the franchise's color and crest. And that'll be available for purchase later this season. I'm going to swoop one up, probably never open it, probably just look at it and think, damn, that's a really attractive bearded man with his one leg up on a barrel. There's no possibility that you don't open that up. I'm. Do you want to see the bottles I have not opened up? I'm, I'm pretty good with that. I mean, I open most of them, but there's a couple. A, no. I won't. Listen, the, the main story here is huge missed opportunity. And you know who I'm talking about? Who? Bacardi. Well, yeah, but, man, I'd probably rather drink Captain Morgan, honestly. I'm just saying, know a lot of people that work in Bacardi down in Coral Gables, right in their backyard, and let it slip away. Well... You know, fortune favors the bold, as they say. So Captain Morgan was able to go out there and secure that. So hats off to those captains. Yes, hats off to those captains. <laughs> Moving on, though. 
Big news for the Inter-Miami Academy. We had two players that have been called up to play on the United States U-17 national team. And I'm talking about Mr. Logan Batiste and Kobe Henry, or could be Kobe Henry. Not really sure. I'm sure one of those are right, though. Uh, But they will be coming and playing in the upcoming UEFA Development Tournament. So uh, Logan Batiste, defender born in 2004, has played in 11 games for the Academy, started eight of those games, and has scored one goal. Kobe is also a defender, also born on 2004, and has played in 13 games, starting 12 of them. So congrats, boys. Hats off. Keep rocking. And we will see you on the starting squad sooner than later, I hope. Give him, give him a clap. There we go. Everybody we go. out there, give him a clap. There I love it. I love it. So now let's get into the fun part of the episode. What everyone wants to hear is our interview with the one and only Ben Sweat. Yes, Ben Sweat comes to us out of Florida, actually. He's a Palm Harbor boy. He was able to step away from the Hilton where him and the team were meeting up for a little bit of time and come kick it with us. So without further ado, I would love to introduce Mr. Ben Sweat, number 22. Let's do it. Well, welcome, everybody. We are very privileged to have the honor to speak to Ben Sweat today as the left back for Inter-Miami. Uh, we cannot be more thrilled to have him on the squad. And without further ado, Ben, welcome to the podcast. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Coming back to Florida, it seems. Yourself being a Palm Harbor guy, we were just talking about a little bit off mic, but how's it uh, feel to be back in Florida? Oh, it's tremendous, man. Um, you know, born and raised here. Um, you know, my wife and I were both thrilled to be back here and we'll be back in some, some warm, nice weather. And what is going to be one thing that you're going to miss out of New York? And what is going to be one thing that you're most excited to revisit us down here in Florida with? Um, I think for us, my wife and I, we, uh, we love the city. We love the restaurants, going out, um, you know, all the, the different cultures and kind of things to do up there. That was really cool. Um, but obviously Miami being a huge market as well, it's going to have something similar. But I think the thing we're looking forward to most is just being back on the water. Definitely. I bet bet mom and dad are thrilled. Yeah, yeah, both. You know, my wife, she's the only child, so her parents are thrilled. Her family's thrilled. You know, my mom and dad, um, you know, they're they're thrilled as well. So we're all excited. Yeah, well, I can say to you that the entire inner Miami community is thrilled to have you down here. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. Man. I can't wait can't wait to meet the fans and, and get going with them. Awesome. Well, can you describe to the listeners, you know, what kind of player you are, what kind of professional you are, and what they, the fans can expect from your mentality and your approach to the game? Yeah, no. Um, you know, at this point in my career, I'm taking on more of a leadership role, which is some, you know, the next step and next level of my career for me. And, you know, I'm in my seventh year as a pro. Um, you know, I bring a lot of consistency. I, you know, I work hard. Um, you know, and I, I love to attack as a left back, and that's something you know Diego's giving me freedom with, um, and giving you know the right back freedom with as well. So uh, it, it's going to be exciting playing for him under under this system. And you know, I think uh, you know I think we got a lot of things to look forward to this season as a club and as an organization. A lot of new faces out there. A lot of new faces there, Ben. I mean, typically you add a couple pieces around you every year. How's it been starting with an expansion team where really everybody that you're playing with is someone new that you never played with before? Yeah, no, it's it's cool. I, honestly, I think it's I think it's great. Man. I mean, everyone's in the same position, so to kind of 
see everything and everyone mesh together and get used to each other and get comfortable. Um, it's been a really cool experience and it's, it's happened so fast in less than a month. And, um, you know, I think that that stems from our leadership that we have on the team from our veterans. And I, I think it stems from the, the coaching staff and what they've done and the type of players they brought in and the personalities that are in the locker room. Um, it's, it's just made everything and, and everyone, you know, really comfortable in the whole process a lot easier, you know? Mm-hmm. And how is everyone just overall buying into, you know, Alonzo's system? Uh, I mean, I think everyone's locked in. Everyone, obviously, we, it's only been a month, you know, so we're still understanding the ins and outs. But I think the general aspects of what we expect as players and our roles, we're, we're getting used to it and we're enjoying it. Uh, you know, he's intense. You know, he's a winner. You know, he's really implementing that with us, you know, to be intense, to, to play aggressive, be physical, you know, not take crap from anybody and overall win, you know. If you lose... You know, he, you know, make sure it, it hurts, it stings, so it doesn't happen again. To, to your point there, I think one thing that Jay and myself took away, I know that we were chatting after the game a little bit here last uh, last weekend, but Mr. Mr. Alonzo was very fired up on the sideline. You can tell that there was another dynamic of, of physicalness out there on the field, and as a viewer and as a fan, that was really exciting to see. Yeah, no, he's... Uh... He's an energetic coach. You know, he's going to be, you know, he's he's got so much passion for the game, um, you know, so he's not able to express that as a player. And now he's able to do it as a coach, which is it only uh, motivates us players even more. And, you know, we want to work hard for him. We want to win for him. Um, but, yeah, he's he's going to be intense and he's going to want to win. And, you know, we're we're right there with him We're you know, we're all getting that little edge, that little separation. And, you know, we want to win. And uh, that's that's the main that's the main goal this year, and what he's really implementing with us. Awesome, awesome. And in your opinion, you know, what are the most critical pieces to building a successful expansion team? You know, I mean, again, really starting from scratch, trying to create a, a team identity with all new faces. You've been on established teams. But what's your your take on that? Um, I think you have to have a good mix. Like what Miami's done, they've had a really good mix of a lot of young players a lot of young new players um and obviously you know bringing in their their core group of veterans who have been on successful teams who have been around the league uh for for some time now who understand the ins and outs of the league how you know the system how it works just kind of like all the little details and you know having Luis Robles was is a huge piece because, um, you know, he's, he's the oldest, he's, he's been around the longest, and he's been on a successful team for, you know, eight or nine years now. And, uh, you know, having, having that leadership and then having it trickle down to the, to the youth players, it's, it's, a, it's been great. And, uh, you know, everyone's, everyone's gotten comfortable with each other and bought into that because of, you know, the leadership and, and the mix of players, you know, youth American players and youth international players. So they've done a really good job. Um, kind of spreading, you know, the types of players that they brought in. It, it's funny. Jay and I have been covering the team for about five or six months now, and it's crazy to think that we're on the doorstep here. But it's funny to see how the team looks 
today versus you know Pellegrini and Carranza being our first two signees and kind of adding there from from that point and kind of thinking that youth and maturity was going to be a little bit of an obstacle for us but yeah as we've gone down the process here and you know like you said you know with you know Luis Robles who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago having a leader like that you know anchoring the back line is, is truly important and it's it's kind of interesting to see how the teams came across more as leadership roles have, have begun to kind of evolve right. is is there anything that you can kind of talk to us about you know, you know, who may be, you know, taking those, the reins of the leadership positions a little bit more across the team? Um, I think I think we got a bunch of leaders, but I think, you know, having Luis Robles as a leader, you know, I know Will Trapp has, you know, been the captain for Columbus Crew for a while, so he's got those leadership qualities. And then obviously you got a guy like Roman Torres who's been around for a while, won championships, played in the World Cup. Um, so I think you take... I think you take those three guys as your, your main leaders and, you know, obviously all their input is combined. And then obviously you have other guys like myself, Lee Wynn, Victor uh, Uloa, who's been around the league for a while, who, who can also have input. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys with good experience that have, you know, good, uh, good information to pass along. And, you know, it's, I think that's tremendous. I think that's a great problem to have is too many leaders. You know what I mean? So, um, it's it's yeah. definitely it's definitely helped a lot having a, a good group of guys that have been around and, and seen you know both sides of it. Yeah, and how have you been you know kind of handling being a veteran and a mentor to some of the younger players? You know, you got like a Dylan Nealis who you know right out of school. I'm sure that's someone that looks up to you. But you know, what's your kind of day to day thought process on on making sure that that you're not only looking out for yourself in your own role on the team, but also bringing the others around you up as well? Yeah, no, I mean I'm just I'm a positive you know, funny joke around kind of guy. So, you know, on the field, I'm business off the field, you know, relax, you know, you know, I remember when I was young, I was so tense feeling, you know, I had to prove something and I was really hard on myself and I didn't enjoy it as much as I wish I had. Um, so if I could, if I could share that with these guys to obviously, you know, work hard, um, not take it as serious when you make the mistake, mistakes happen, everybody makes mistakes. Um, but to enjoy the process and enjoy the experiences and the moments, um, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to play way better. You know, when you're comfortable having fun, that's when you're going to play your best. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of the best thing I can pass down to these younger guys. Yeah. Joining, joining a new team is always interesting too. I mean, not even a new team in athletics, but I mean, you know, a new job, a new place to where you live, things like that, that kind of allow yourself to, to almost reinvent yourself. And I'm sure, right. you know, someone like yourself, you know, been in the league now for a few years, this is an exciting opportunity for you to join a new team where there's some youngsters out there and, you know, can kind of offer them that senior role. And right. with your experience being what it is, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to ask your opinion on what makes a defensive back as strong as possible. Is it is it more focusing on the top one or two guys out there? Is it more working as unison? What what is in your experience and expertise say to to make the best back line possible for us? Um, definitely unison and communication. Um, you know, having having your teammates back. From my experience, I think is the biggest thing. You know, and, and that's only going to feed that's going to feed the rest of your team. You know, if I go up for a ball, you know, I maybe miss it. But Nico's right there to, to have my back. Like that's, you know, that's just you're putting fuel on the fire. That's going to, you know, get everybody else, you know, fired up 
from, you know, Luis Robles all the way up to our striker. Um, you know, so definitely communication, you know, unison, being together, um, but having each other's back. You know, I think I think that's uh, I think that's huge. I think that's really, really some of the key aspects of a strong back line. And, you know, coming from like NYCFC, right? So you know, was once an expansion, but now established. And now you're coming to a new team. And I'm sure the you know, philosophies of that back line are different. So what are some of the key differences that you've been experiencing so far from, you know, what you have been used to for the past several years versus this new approach that, you know, Diego's taken on, on his defensive back? Um, it's a lot of it is quite similar. You know, the proactive defending, you know, when we don't have the ball, you know, where like there's always somewhere to be something to do. Um, that's very similar. No pressure on the ball, you know, taking space in behind. Um, but one thing that has been different is being a little more patient with my press, you know, not jumping too early before the ball is played, you know, making sure everyone has slid over and then I can release to uh, put pressure on, you know, the winger or the outside back on the outside. So having a little more patient with my press, um, that's kind of one thing that's that I've picked up on um, from Diego. But everything else is pretty, pretty quite similar in terms of the communication, the unison, having each other's back, you know, closing off the inside, you know, forcing them wide. Um, and then also how we defend in the box. Um, that's been different. You know, it's zonal mixed with some man-to-man marking. Um, you know, in New York, we were always zonal. So it's there's been a little bit of change, but the majority of it, the general parts of it are pretty similar. And since, since training camps open, what have been some of the more positive surprises of the team? Has that been personality chemistry? Has that been, you know, flow of the game? Has that been coaching? Where would you say kind of is the most pleasant surprises? I think I think kind of a mix of, uh, of everything, you know. Uh, the coach staff's great, you know, great personalities, great group of guys. You know, they love they love the game just as much as we do. So it's it just makes us want to work hard for them. And then obviously the personalities on the field, you know, you get to – play with these guys day in and day out and you're finally getting an understanding of how players are um, on the field and off the field. Um, you know, so everyone's getting, you know, used to each other and, you know, I really enjoying the whole, the pro- whole process together. So it's, it's been, it's been fun. It's been exciting. So I'm, I'm excited for the season to start. Yeah. I, I know everybody else is out here in, in inner Miami world. That's for sure. And yeah, right. It, and we were talking a little bit off uh, mic here again, but you're you're over in St. Petersburg right now. It seems like the whole team's together over at a, yeah. a local Hilton across the street there. Um, can you walk us through a standard, typical day, you know, now that we're leading up to the season start and regular season? Can you walk us through what happens in the course of a day? Okay, yeah. So this, I'll take you through this week, because this week we've been doing majority of two days. So, uh Breakfast is usually from 7 to 8.30, so you can eat anytime between then. Um, and then treatments are 7.45, like 7.30 to 8.30 as well. Um, so you're doing your treatments in between that, kind of bouncing that time. Uh, leave at 8.50 from the hotel, walk to Alley Stadium. Training starts at 9 o'clock, and then usually that'll run no more than an hour and a half. Trainings are pretty intense and pretty short. Um, we'll come back, maybe have a cold tub, shower and clean up. And then we got lunch around 1230. And then um, 
maybe some guys have some individual stuff, treatments happen during that. Some guys will go grab coffees and then uh, kind of rest the rest of the afternoon. And then next session is at four o'clock. So we go out, we have a four o'clock session. Um, second session is usually tactical stuff. Um, kind of pay attention to details, set pieces kind of thing. And um, from there you come back, shower, get some treatment. And then uh, some nights we've been having dinner on our own. And if we don't have dinner on our own, we have a team meal at 8 p.m. Uh, every night. So it's a pretty jam-packed day. So you, you really got to find balance with, you know, your treatments and, and your rest time as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, what do some of the players, including yourself, do just in the downtime, whether it be between the, the training sessions or maybe, you know, for a little bit after dinner or something? I mean, how do you guys kind of kill the time and, and keep vibing as a team? Um. Uh, a lot of us, some, I'm a huge coffee drinker. A lot of the guys are huge coffee drinkers. We will grab a cup of coffee. And if I'm not doing that or treatments, I'm in my bed, not moving. <laughs> 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 that, that, usually, that usually kills the time pretty fast, just laying in bed. So, Is there a TV episode you're uh, pretty wrapped up on or a TV show right now? And, dude, some days I'm so tired, I just, I'll watch whatever, to be honest. I'll put on HGTV and watch that, you know? <laughs> just to doze off, yeah. Just to <laughs> totally doze understand. off. <laughs> oh, well, that's good, man. And, I mean, it sounds like that, you know, it's funny. Reports are out of camp that everyone's kind of picking up Spanish or, you know, picking up other dialects. You uh, pick up any Spanish while being on the team so far? Yeah, I picked up a lot. I mean, I, I was already picking up a lot with New York, um, you know, having Dome as a Spanish coach and then having – played with players, you know, playing this Alex Callens for three years, you know, being a Peruvian. I, I try to speak Spanish all the time on the field to him and, you know, to have a little bit of experience with that and then to experience that even more, I kind of feel like I've prepped myself for a lot of situations down here. But I've learned a lot. I'm trying to speak it as much and as often as possible uh, on the field and, you know, off the field even. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool. You know, I've always wanted to learn a second language. So I think these are kind of baby steps towards that. I agree. I mean, it's much needed down here in, uh, you know, in South Florida as well. Um, you know, when when we ran into you at the game and, and just chatted briefly, um, you know, I was like, oh, what's up with the dirty left foot? That's something we've been uh, we've been hyping you on. Uh, it, it's it's very coveted for you know a left back to be a left footed player, predominantly left footed. Can you explain to the listeners just to give them a better idea of the benefits of being a left footed player in the left back position from you know a strategic standpoint, a tactical standpoint? Uh, you know, ideally scoring standpoint. I mean, to have a left-footed player in the left side is, is is tremendous. I mean, it's, yeah, right-footed player can cut in, but having a left foot, being a left back, I get, to, I get to open up and I get to see the entire field. So I have unlimited options. I could put a ball down the line. I could put a ball across the field. Obviously, the, the type of ball I get to whip in. I get to whip an early ball in behind the back four. Um, you know, I get to hit a cutback. You know, there's... There's so many upsides with having a left-footed uh, left back. And obviously, you know, right-footed players, you could, you could play left back, no problem. But they're really limited, you know, to not being able to take that first touch forward because they're not left-footed. Um, you know, so in, it's, more, it's more detailed, you know, having a left, having a left foot. You know, I've, I'm open to a wide, a wide range of, uh, of choices, you know, in terms of passes, crosses, shooting. Um, you know, and I've been working on my right foot too. So maybe you guys will see a little bit of that this year. <laughs> Don't sleep on the right foot. <laughs> Don't sleep on the right foot, man. I'm telling you. Definitely. But I mean, it gives you a lot more freedom and, and kind of flexibility in, in your style. Right, right. Of play. 
Um, so, we, you know, and we were out there. We, we saw the, the, the open scrimmage last week. He got one coming up this Saturday as well against the, the Tampa Bay Rowdies. What are some of the, the key adjustments that, you know, the back line's looking to make and the team as a whole as they continue to move forward and just, you know, learn from, from their experiences and continue, uh, to, you know, to improve? I think, I think just getting the details right. I think we, we made, you know, it was kind of our, it was our first 90 minute, the past scrimmage. So I think guys got tired and when we got tired, we made some little mistakes, myself included, you know, bad touch, bad pass, which is, which is completely understandable. But I think if we minimize that, prevent that, um, you know, I think as a whole, we understand what we have to do, the general parts in terms of the defensive part, the attacking part and how we need to be on the ball. So if we can, if we can sharpen up a little bit of uh, the details, you know, a touch, a pass, you know, a run in behind, a cross. I think that was the big thing that uh, Diego touched on after the game was that, that final, that final pass, that final cross, or that final shot on goal. We created a lot of a lot of chances and opportunities. Um, so I think just a little bit of specifics, a little more attention to the detail. Um, I think you'll see a better job of that this this next game for sure. Yeah, I think the potential is just so amazing with this system because the, the possession was great. So many, you know, short balls in and out, maintain that possession. Let's wear the other their side out. I think, right. you know, that could be such a beautiful thing as everyone kind of gets more comfortable, more familiar with that system right, right. and the team chemistry right. builds. So it's definitely an exciting thing, that was, you know, going into the season. That was something right. that we saw coming out of the game, too, was working it more in versus taking outside shots, which – obviously the closer you are to goal, the higher probability there is. So we right. that was definitely in a glaring, you know, kind of observation that, you know, both ourselves made and other folks that we were over in the stands with it too. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, when, when the ball's wide, if we can get a cross off, get a cross off, but he doesn't want us to force it. If the, if the, if I'm getting pressured, I can't get a cross off or I'm in between getting a cross off. We'd rather keep the ball, possess it, get it to the other side, see if we could do something there. And then when we come inside, when we're playing inside, he wants a lot of short one-twos, combinations. He just wants pass moving, pass moving. And, you know, that's going to wear, wear the defense out, and that's going to open up gaps and holes in the, in the defense and, and give us, you know, more chances and, and opportunities to score. So I think oh, exactly. that's, that's one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, obviously, you know, Pizzotto, great addition. All reports are, you know, pointing towards this deal actually being finalized with uh, Augustin Omendra. Um, so a lot of support coming in, in the midfield and in the back line. I mean, you guys are already, you know, well-established, deep, kind of same thing in the midfield, obviously battling through some injuries in the attack with, you know, Carranza being out, uh, you know, Agudelo now dealing with the, the, the minor injury he's dealing with, you know, uh, you know we, we, someone's going to have to, you know, kind of step up in, in these initial months until, you know, Carranza comes back and we have that, that figured out. It would really allow some opportunities for, you know, a younger person like Robbie, uh, you know, Robinson that got in, played a little bit, even right. Jerome Kisa better, you know, Lewis Morgan's now with the team. But, right. um, you know, outside of that, is, is there any, you know, positional or kind of strategical improvements you see the team needing to make? Because the talent seems to be there. No, to be honest, no. I mean, I, I think we got a great group of guys. I think adding uh, Pizarro was huge. You know, that's he's going to be our difference maker. Um, I think Will was a big addition because he can control that midfield. You know, and then you have Victor Loa, who's super fit, box to box, do the dirty work. Um, and, you know, having a guy like Pizarro is only going to make our jobs easier. You know, give him the ball and just let him do his thing. Um, 
it yeah, was great to gonna... see him out there. You could yeah, tell the no, that the whole mood of the whole game changed as soon as he stepped out there. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's 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 great. You know, um, it takes a lot of pressure off the defense having a player like that. You know, where we could give the ball to him, and when he's got the ball, when he's doing his thing, it gives us a chance to you know catch our breath, you know, get reorganized, and uh, you know all the attention is going to be dragged to him, which is just going to open up more lanes and and more opportunities for other players around him. You yeah, I mean, I mean, and you know, Lee Wynn was was is, is there's just so many veterans with experience in the midfield. It's it's going to be right. really awesome to see as, as they move forward. And the team just announced, you know, uh, Pizarro will be wearing the number ten. When do right. they have like a set date as far as you know when when everyone's going to be assigned their numbers or how, kind of how's that selection process go go as a player? You know, is there a specific number you want? Then you go over request or how does that play out? Um. So let's see. So we got asked. We got like put like three options or your numbers or whatever, and we actually all just got our numbers. Um, oh really? Yeah. Are you allowed to share any of that? I don't know, to be honest. I, really <laughs> I mean, I'm, we won't I'm, tell. Rocking, I'm rocking number 22, which has been my number for a long time. I well, I wore number two in New York because Matarita had 22. Mm-hmm. Um, but throughout club, high school, college, even my first year in the league, I was I was 22. So 22 has always held a special place. Um, in my heart for me, so I'm, I'm buzzing to be wearing that number again. We appreciate the the tidbit of info on that. We'll we'll just <laughs> sit here anxiously and wait for her. Yeah. I'm curious to see who, who who's gonna be wearing number nine, number yeah, eight, seven. Yeah, there's there's still some players coming in, so I'm not sure if they've saved some numbers for some of these players that are still coming in. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think some of the guys are still waiting for their numbers. Obviously, if you're a rookie, you get what you get. So, <laughs> yeah, all right, <laughs> back of the line. Yeah. yeah. So, and Ben, you're 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 a Florida guy. I gotta ask. You know, if you weren't a professional soccer player, what what would Ben Sweat be? Man, I you know I'm I was born and raised on the water. I, I'm a big water guy, big angler. Um, I love diving. I, I just it, it would have to be something like that. You know, it have to be either like a charter captain, uh, you know, tournament pro, something, something with, you know, boating, fishing, something in the mix of that. Um, I love it so much. Something you know, preceded by by marine. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, well, the good news has been, you know, for that type of profession, I think there's a next chapter of life, so you still might be good on that. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. You know, you've got plenty of time to get scurvy. Yeah, I can be, I can be seven, seventy, year, seventy years old and, and fishing, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, and Ben, and Ben, to kind of wrap us up here, a question that we always like to ask is, you know, you're a role model out there to to all the youngsters out there coming up. Are there any words of encouragement that you can pass along their way? Um, I mean, just just to be committed, be committed. Um, you know you're gonna to have to make sacrifices in your life, whether that's with friends, not seeing your family, being away from home, coming out of your comfort zone. Uh, so be committed to the process, be patient. You know I've learned and I've learned the hard way, but I've also had a, I got an amazing story because I, you know, I put in the work, I, I grinded it out, I, you know, and I was patient, and I, you know, finally got the right chance, the right opportunity, and you know now my career, you know, took off and, and skyrocketed because of that. So you know everyone's got a different path. Some guys get it easier than others, but, you know, stay committed, you know, keep working hard, keep making sacrifices. And, um, you know, everything happens for a reason at the end of the day. So if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Awesome. Those are great words, I think. 
listen, we, we cannot, you know, say thank you enough. We appreciate you squeezing us, yeah, man, squeezing us in in between your, your sessions. You already went over the schedule. It's very hectic. Thank you so much for making time just to talk no with problem. us. The fans no problem, are absolutely going to love it. Uh, you know, you're very honest, open. And uh, I think everyone's going to be really excited about, you know, seeing you uh, this year and, and, you know, being a leader on this team. No, man, I'm excited. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Absolutely. We'll let you go here. Ready for this next game. We're looking forward to the season opener here in almost a week's time. I know, man. I'm excited. Can't wait, dude. We're all excited, man. We'll have a great day. We'll see you out there, everyone. Number 22. (laughs) We'll talk soon. (laughs) Thank you, guys. See ya. Bye. Another amazing interview in the books, man. What a great one. Yeah, big ups to Ben for stepping out of his busy afternoon here to join us on the podcast. He you heard what we were doing out here, wanted to be a part of it. If you haven't already done so, please do go back and we have a few more player interviews. Jerome Kisavetter, Luis Argudo, as well as Luis Robles have joined us on the podcast. We look forward to having introductions with a few more players as well, but you know, Jay, I think that this brings us to one of our last segments of the podcast, one of your favorites, I know, Player Rumors. Yeah, uh, there has not been a ton of Player Rumors. I'm sure that's going to heat up because we are, what, nine days away and we still have uh, at least one, potentially two spots to fill depending on the Lee Win situation. The only other really big Player Rumor was kind of going at the same time as uh, Almendra, was we re-engaged Roger Martinez uh, from Club America, who really rejected our first offer, but he's basically been frozen out of playing by by his coach, Miguel uh, Herrera, who um, has been instructed not to play him. So really not a great situation he finds himself in. Uh, he's aware of that situation. He's really in the prime of his career. We... Uh, I think that initial offer was somewhere like $15 million. Um, but he, there's some weird working out. Like he was on loan from, from Villarreal and, and back to Club America. So the it was basically going to be a 60-40 split, I believe. 60 to Club America, uh, 40 to uh, Villarreal, who's in La Liga. Um, but we tried to re-engage him again. Looks like that his agent is not satisfied with the compensation still. So his agent is Fernando Beto Lopez. And uh, looks like it might have a little bit of a toxic, uh, you know, agent on his hands that, that is really putting him in a bad situation. If I'm not mistaken, I think that this is potentially the second failed offer sheet that we have presented in front of his party to acquire him, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is. They turned the first one down, and it looks like they're turning the second one down, which is fine because we got Almendra. I believe that there's no way we take both those players. I think they both would require a DP spot. So, you know, that leaves us to see what we can come up with for the uh, remaining one spot on the team, which we all, I think, know has to be a number nine. It has to be, whether that's built by filling our last spot here on the roster. You know, obviously after the Augustin information comes to light and that's fully official but we do have one more roster spot so if that's via signee or trade we are still keeping an eye out for that number nine yep it'll happen soon we're running out of days we got nine days to find a number nine 
Yes, we do. So nine days to find number nine sounds like a match made in heaven, except it's not. So (laughs) (laughs) uh, one of my favorite segments here, which is the final one of the podcast, is a listener question. This comes from a Miss Victoria 0812 out of Miami Beach. She says, hey, Jay and Alex, what up, guys? Love that. What up, guys? What's up, Victoria? Who do you think is going to be rocking the captain sign on Inter-Miami? Jay, I'll let you take it away. Um, my choice would have to be probably the most obvious one. I think Mr. Luis Robles, veteran. Uh, the team has said he's really uh, one of the key leaders on the team. He's been around this league a long time. He is also part of the players group for the CBA, so he's got leadership on that level. That's who I would pick. If I had to guess a second one, I don't know, might be a case for... Uh, you know, Pellegrini, someone that, that committed to the team in, in really its infancy, one of the you know first pair of signings with, with Pellegrini and Carranza. So I could see maybe Mateus getting in there. But if it was me, I'd give it to Luis. I would have to agree. I think Mr. Luis Robles would be the obvious choice here for us. He's the Ironman, most consecutive games starting. He's coming out here, starting something new with us. Again, if you haven't listened to that podcast, go ahead and flip a couple episodes back. But if Mr. Luis Robles wouldn't be it, my runner-up would either be Roman Torres or potentially Will Trapp, I think, is kind of a Ooh. you know a potential underdog in that whole thing. But again, I think Jay and I are in agreement that Luis Robles would be the obvious choice here. But we're excited to see who does wear that C sign. So without further ado... Myself, Alex, and Jay are going to jump off the mics. We were stoked to bring you this podcast here on Friday, get you guys fired up for the upcoming game here in St. Petersburg, our second and our last open exhibition game against Tampa Bay Rowdies. And someone hold down the streaming torch. Yes, We will not be there, but we held it down for everybody. We made that live stream available for the Facebook group and on our page for anyone that wanted to tune in. We hope someone is going to do the same for us. Absolutely. And as always, follow us on social media at Intermimey Podcast. Check out that website, intermimeypodcast.com, and send us an email, Jay and Alex at intermimeypodcast.com. Yes, write us a review, listen to us on the way up to St. Petersburg. But most importantly, this is what I want you to do this weekend. I want you to grab your friend. I want you to tap your friend on the shoulder and say, hey man, have you listened to the Inner Miami podcast? And if that answer is no, go ahead and share the podcast. We are weeks away. Shit, we're actually a week away. We're about nine days away from the start of the season. And we felt the enthusiasm come through the, the listenership here. And with any help that you guys can offer is more than appreciated. With that, I wish you adieu. Adieu. Vamos. Adios. Miami. Vamos, Miami.